Monday, May Day. This is a call to all you educators out there. It's time to shift our schools. Welcome to another SOS podcast. This is episode 11. How do we connect to technology and classroom instruction seamlessly? We've got a great panel of people with us tonight. We've got basically all of Bangkok joining us, which is great to see. And David, of course, from Lesson Learns at edublog.org over in Taiwan. How are you tonight, David? Just fantastic. Great. I'm very excited as well to, to hear uh, what folks are doing at uh, ISB. Excellent. So from ISB tonight, we have Kim Confino in her new apartment. I'm sure we'll talk about that at msconfino.edublogs.org. How are you tonight, Kim? I'm great, Jeff. Good. And Dennis Harder at dharder.edublogs.org. How are you tonight, Dennis? Great, great. Happy to be here. Good. And Justin from metology.edublogs.org. How are you tonight, Justin? Metagogy. Metagogy, sorry. What did I say? Metology? Metagogy. Metagogy. Pedagogy. I have a play on my last name. I like pedagogy. that. Pedagogy, but it's metagogy. That's good. That's right. All right. So tonight's essential question is how do we connect technology and classroom instruction seamlessly? And this is something, as all of us are here in this technology field, I think it's it, this really fits into what we're all trying to do and, and how technology gets into the classroom seamlessly. So we're using it as a tool as we can keep, keep talking about. And David, why don't you go ahead and get us started and kind of set us up and then we'll just get into a good discussion here. All right, super. Uh, in approaching this question, the, the ways I, I think uh, the crew from ISB is going to share with us is dealing with curriculum and how we can be a part of the curriculum process. So I'm going to kind of leave that to them. I know they've had some real leadership with their uh, new literacy wiki and getting people to think about uh, collaborating and using our uh, backgrounds, whether it be in library science or instructional technology, educational technology, to help design instruction and uh, assessments in curriculum. I did just want to mention, uh, I know, Jeff, uh, in the last year you've posted about how one might go about developing a technology plan, and you all were doing that at SAS. and. We're doing the same theory, thing here at Senshu, and one of the things that's really struck us is we sit down and, and look at that technology plan. We're, we're kind of using the term, what's our learning plan? And at the center of it, we have put our uh, five student learning outcomes, very 21st century skills that we're working with our students to develop. And then we're, we're looking at how our curriculum... Oops, getting a little feedback. And... Uh, our efforts to build learning community are contributing and, and really focused on those five student learning outcomes. So as we're developing this plan, we're really looking at how do we teach and how do we assess and how are our students learning. And once we get all that in place and all the different instructional models that go into place, then we're going to um, start looking at, all right, well, where does technology and information and um, other types of literacy fit into this? And that comes back to the whole idea of the uh, librarians and the media specialists and the uh, instructional technologists being part of the program and developing the curriculum and clearly being part of the program and developing the 
Learning and Technology Program. So let me leave it at that. And uh, with our team from ISP, I think it'd be helpful if each of you could share your job title and and what you're doing there at ISP. Um, maybe before we tackle our question of how do we connect technology and classroom instruction seamlessly. So, Kim, ladies first, could you jump in there? Sure. Um, I'm the 21st Century Literacy Specialist in the elementary school at ISB, and basically my role is to uh, bridge the gap between the technology and the library. My previous um, seven years were spent as a technology facilitator, so now I get to take all of that experience and bring it into our new um, library, which is now called the Learning Hub, and work really closely in partnership with our librarian and with Justin and Dennis, who can now introduce themselves and their fabulous job descriptions. Why don't you go next, and, uh, Justin? Yeah. Sure. I'm a technology and learning coordinator for the elementary school, uh, working uh, in uh, the technology director, Stephen Lehman, Dennis, and then the admin uh, to basically make sure that the tools uh, that we're purchasing uh, get in, in you know, working order, that they're being, being used properly, and that the staff are being mentored, coached, and developed professionally in how to best um, use them um, to inst- instruct and enhance learning and their curriculum. Mm-hmm. And Dennis, do you want to go ahead and just kind of tell us your job title and, and what you do, where, where you work? Sure. Um, like Justin, I'm a technology and learning coordinator. Um, while he does the elementary, I do the middle and high school. Though next year, um, ISV has split that job and someone else, uh, Chad Bates from KL, will be coming and joining us and taking the middle school and I'll just take the high school. But right now I have uh, the middle and high school and... Uh, like Justin, my sort of job is to facilitate and work with teachers um, on their use in, of technology, essentially to further content curriculum learning um, through the use of technology. What we're trying to work on with Kim and Justin and myself and the librarians is, you know, embedding the sort of information literacy and technology. Yeah, and you know this is one thing that I really like that I think ISB has done really well is all of your titles have been changed from something that yes. you know, most other schools don't have, and you're really focused in on you know like technology and learning coordinator. And when we talk about trying to connect, you know, what's happening in the classroom with technology, I think even going as far as changing the title has a lot to do with how people see. Uh, your role. How did that come about, Justin? Den- I mean, Dennis. I know you've been there longer than Justin. How did how did we come with that change of title? Was that something that came down from from administration? Was that something you took to administration and said, "Look, we need to change this title"? Um, well, for, for me, I, I, I just changed came it with Justin. Oh, sorry, <laughs> Justin. Go ahead. Go, go, go ahead, Dennis. Yeah, I was just going to say that uh, essentially Justin came and just started calling it that and we just started referring and I liked it. I was before that just the technology coordinator for Millen High School. So with Justin's arrival and, and a desire to focus on that exact learning that you were saying, Jeff, um, we he changed it and then we all started using it. And then administration I think liked the ring of it and liked to sort of market us that market us that way. So 
they started using it as well. Very good. Yeah, so, I think it was largely the it was called that in my last position. I really liked it. It was the TRC before I came, and I just immediately saw that the initials were TLC, and there's so much TLC that goes into the way that we are effective um, that I thought it was a good ring, and um, it seemed to stick. That's great. And how about you, Kim? I mean, uh, you're the 21st century literacy coach. Do you know where that came from? Was that something you brought in with your position? Because your position's new, right? That's right, and we can lay this one on Justin as well. He's the innovator at ISB. Um, Justin actually wrote the job description um, for my job, and that's what I interviewed for. Um, and the position was already titled that when I applied. So as soon as I saw that title, I knew that was the job I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sounds good. And the thing I like too is Kim. You know, Kim is a. Uh, your office is in. The, what you guys call the learning hub. Do you, do you want to talk for a little bit? I mean, let's kind of talk about what, what technology looks like at different areas. And let's start with the elementary. And I know we have Justin and Kim there and Dennis can kind of help with the middle school. And one of the things we're talking about tonight is do we still have dedicated technology classes or at what point do, is everything integrated into the classroom? And is there a point when we need to make that switch? from a total integrated model to having classes that focus in on things. So why don't we start at the elementary level, and, and I can throw in kind of what we do here at SAS, and, and David can throw in what he does there, and Kim and Justin, you guys down there. And let's start with you, Kim, and how you've come about to make that change from the library to the learning hub. Is it just a change in name, or has there actually been a feel, and have you changed the way the, the learning hub is set up to have kind of that new modern 21st century library library feel it's been a huge change the school has invested um a lot of time and, and money into totally redesigning the entire facility so um if you had come to isb last year and then showed up this year it looks completely different which i think is a big i don't know factor in helping people understand a new space it's just they see everything looks different the title of the space is different there's new staff in there with different titles. So the whole kind of revamping this entire understanding of what a library is has really kind of all happened in one year, which is really exciting. And um, I have tons of pictures of the Learning Hub, which I can um, put in the chat in just a minute as soon as I'm done talking because I can't multitask that well, find them <laughs> and put it in the chat at the same time. Um, and so that has, has really made it very exciting, not just for the teachers but also for the kids. Obviously, they're, they're loving the new space. And what we've done is we've kind of, um, created a technology zone that's very open um, and it's inside the learning hub so that what I guess used to be considered the computer lab is now part of what used to be considered the library. And of course we all also have pervasive wireless all across the school so we've got laptop carts that are in the learning hub as well and we have you know two sets of presentation areas with you know smart boards, um, surround sound speakers and all, all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> so I think the, the redesign of the space and the redesign of the position has been very powerful. Last year, and Justin, correct me if I'm wrong because I don't know if I know all the history properly, but last year was the first year that the school went to a fully integrated technology model. So there's no more technology classes, um, and that was kind of a big switch right before Justin came. And now we still occasionally will have um, classes come in and do like a little set unit on kid picks or a little typing unit or something so that they kind of get certain skills that their teachers feel that they need. 
and I can say personally, and I'd be interested to hear how the others feel, that I almost wish I had like a class of maybe even mixed ages that I could just keep for myself and try all sorts of different things out over the course of the year because sometimes working um, with the classroom teacher and making sure that you're always really strongly connected to their curriculum means that you don't always get to try everything that could be exciting or uh, interesting for you. So I, I kind of am interested in the idea of coming back to having at least some time that's dedicated to kind of exploring new ways of learning um, that might not have to be so tightly linked in. So almost you would like to see almost like an elective class that an elementary kid could take that was totally looking at new tools and new ways of learning with technology. Yeah, I think I would. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. How about you with your job, uh, Justin? I mean, do you, how, how do teachers book time with you? Are you teaching skills in the classroom? Are you, I mean, how, how are you working your job down there? Yeah, so there was a big shift the year before I came uh, to be credited to our tech director, Stephen Lehman, who was integral in uh, shifting the paradigm that the, the days of going to computers were over, and, it, and largely teachers had to be responsible for all of that embedding in their curriculum. So my, I came in at a, you know, an in an opportune time to to help with that transition and show teachers that they could indeed do this themselves and small steps you know were you know needed to be taken but they could do it so a lot of that was you know kind of working with you know management and how do I manage my laptop card and how do I use the network and because for many years they had really been just going to the lab and just leaving their kids there and we're not really not really connected to the technology so moving forward, two years have gone by, and now um, my day is spent in and out of classrooms, just like Kim, where teachers book us uh, using entourage calendars. And largely, it's not about skills, but rather uh, projects re related directly to what they're doing um, in the curriculum. And they look to us for ideas, um, whether that be you know um, using Ming and social networking to movie making. But all the while, the the Everything's through the lens of what they're doing in the classroom connected to the core curriculum and the technology is the carrot, the tool, the icing on the cake to make it fun and engaging. So are you teaching skills then? Like let's say let's say you – well, give us an example of like a lesson you're working on now with a teacher. Well, for example, um, you know, language arts, they're doing persuasive writing. So – They've been working on uh, little mini commercials. So rather than just act them out at the the beginning of the class, you know, in front of the class, but we use Movie Maker as the medium to present. And so I'll be directly working with the teacher to and be in touch with the unit and the kind of language and terminology and outcomes that were were tied to persuasive writing. And I'll embed that when it comes time to maybe show them how to do some things. Um, you know, with, you know, iMovie or whatever. And all the while, the teacher's there, you know, helping out and learning along with it. Um, but it's that connection to what they're already doing uh, in the curriculum. And I'm just, you know, the vehicle and perhaps the expertise that can, you know, put that iMovie, you know, spin on it. Yeah, so are you meeting with, are you meeting with teachers like at, uh, like team planning times or during their planning time to kind of plan that stuff out? That's right. Okay. And I think that, you know, I, I say that because I think that's a, that's an important piece is that 
at, in your role or in my role is we have to have that time free to go and meet with those teachers so that we can plan these units that actually incorporate the technology. And too many times, I mean, the way our elementary is set up right now is we still have the pullout model and we're trying to do a pullout model, but still in the elementary and at the same time trying to do kind of a flex schedule, you know, integrated model at the same time. But he's so packed with teaching pullout classes that he never has time to go and meet with teachers. And so it, you know, there, there comes a, there comes a time when you just have to make that switch and that it's good to see that that's the way, that's the way that you guys have gone as well. Yeah, it seems to be working. That's good. And I have to say, it's a real pleasure to come into a school where that expectation is already set up, that you have that time. It's important for you to go and meet with teachers instead of having to fight for it, which I'm used to. <laughs> yeah. And you're right. It, I mean, it's an expectation that needs to be put within the school culture, that that's just the way it is. Exactly. And, and how does how does your – what is your curriculum planning – system look like um is it something where you uh the fifth fifth grade teachers for example know they've got that uh civil war unit coming up and they just kind of come together informally or do you have or does your curriculum director have a calendar and you know on a certain date that uh they're going to have their meeting and is it is it all the teachers in the fifth grade or do you do they divide up the units and is it just set that you all will attend these movies? How does your how does your system work there with that with your curriculum? Um, it'll largely look different at every school level. I mean, Dennis could speak to the high and middle, but for us, uh, common meeting time is built into the elementary school schedule. So, on day A, you'll know, or every day A, the grade five team will meet from seven forty-five till nine. It's built in. Um, it's you know mandatory, um, and um, so. Kim and I myself will, you know, book ourselves into those meetings and be there maybe just mm-hmm. to listen, maybe to add some uh, some ideas. The curriculum uh, coordinators are in those meetings. The admin are in those meetings. We're all bouncing around. Maybe not all of them. Maybe just some. Maybe you know a lot. And then largely, as um, those are opportunities for you know whole grades, the whole grade to get together. And then after that, it's really kind of meeting in groups of two or you know or just one on one. But those kind of big picture planning, umbrella kind of planning sessions happen on on a weekly basis. Now, how much time do you guys set time aside, or do you have time built into your schedule for you to go out and explore using new tools? I think that's just uh, I think it's just ongoing. Um, and probably a lot in the evening. <laughs> yeah, uh, when that's it. But I, I mean, there's sometimes there isn't, um, you know, something going on. So I know Kim, Dennis, and myself are just constantly passing tools back and forth. And then, you know, Kim will learn one, and then she'll show me, and Dennis will learn something. He'll show me. So it's this this cross school collaboration that's constantly happening. And the librarians as they come in, and and maybe a teacher who's found a tool that that kind of culture is fairly strong at ISB. That's fantastic. Yeah, and for sure. I mean, as much as we get, you know, a network of Twittering and and emails and blogging about new tools and all that, we also have that just in person. And the nice thing about having it in person is being able to sit with the person and explore something new and then talk about it. How will how will it help here or what could you do with it or the potential to be able to just verbally that oh, that's something pretty great. 
That's great. Now, uh, let's go ahead and move into the middle school, and I'll kind of explain. Our middle school here, we're, we're trying to move to an integrated model. Again, we don't have that we don't have that obligation from a teacher. It's not built into our system yet that it's something that teachers need to be doing, meeting with our integrationalist, uh, which is what we call them here, and how how that's you know going to evolve over time. This is the first year we've had the position, and I think it does take time to build that in. But we're trying to move to that. We've done completely away now in the middle school with any type of technology class. I don't know if that's the right model, but we're trying to do a complete integration model now at the middle school. And it's slow, it's slow going for us. We don't have teachers working collaboratively a lot yet with the integrationalist. And how's it set up at, at ISB in the middle school? Sure. Well, I guess that's my turn to start speaking to it. Um, it's not uh, that different than some of the things that you're you're talking about in uh, Shanghai. Um, basically, I, I have been there. Th- this is my third year now, and I work with the middle school. But partly with the with me being split between two divisions, um, that building myself into their team meeting time is near impossible because of the schedule. Um, non-overlap, if you will, or the overlap of periods. So it's very hard to get into any individual team meetings um, and be a regular member of those. Instead, I get invited sort of on a a need basis or on a request basis, either from them or from me, um, rather than um, just a regular visitor. So where Kim and Justin have sort of got two people kind of manning uh, the elementary school, I'm one person manning two schools, um, what I do get is amazing help from Justin and Kim in supporting those middle school teachers. Um, and so we've gotten to the point now, despite the divisions, that uh, teachers will go to Kim or will go to Justin um, with help as well as come to me. Um, and we just, there's such a great help in supporting, you know, what is crazy numbers um, and, and just crazy timetables. But it's a lot like you said, uh, we are. We had some teachers there, um, and some teachers who aren't. Um, but uh, we, you know, right now the focus has really been on the on the willing to adopt rather than on the uh, you know sort of forcing the issue with an entire team. And yeah, so we've got some good examples, some places to celebrate, but we also have some areas to work as far as the integration or the. Computer class goes. We have a sixth grade required IT class, for which for two, well, for three years, I've been trying to sort of change the curriculum to focus more on, you know, the information literacy st- things and and 21st century stuff and get more online and things like that. Instead, um, the class, despite my attempts, is still focused on word processing and PowerPoint and spreadsheeting and things like that. But we're still chipping away, and that'll be Chad's. Uh, next task is to take on that sixth grade class. Now, do you teach that class or is there a teacher that teaches it? No, there's a teacher who teaches it. So that's the other, for a variety of reasons, we have not even a tech person teaching the, the tech class. You know, they're, they're okay with IT, but that's not their specialty by any means. Um, that, that's not just in IT. We have that in a few different elective areas in the middle school due to various scheduling things and, and what's going on. So, um, Basically, we have a required sixth grade class, which, you know, we're trying to basically embed and integrate all the things that we talk about. Um, And so what I look at is that course could be just a tremendous opportunity 
to really get these conversations and show some things to kids that would really sort of amaze them and get them focused and engaged and learning the kinds of things that would then apply for the rest of their middle school careers. The middle school would benefit from having sixth graders learn from that. So I don't really need the course to disappear. I just need the course to change. Yeah. Um, because we're just embedding everywhere else. Right. And, I, you know, I'm trying to get that. I'm trying to push that through here. We're trying to do it in ninth grade where we have a semester course so that we can make sure kids are getting the skills. Because I think that's one thing that happens is, you know, we do integration. But as you all know, you know, different teachers integrate at different levels and through different mediums. And some do this and some do that. Something, you know, writing a term paper in Word is called integration, while others are off doing wiki and name projects. And so what I'm trying to find is is I would like to do exactly what you said and what you guys are doing in sixth grade, only in our ninth grade, where we have one semester where the kids have to show us that they understand these, that they have these skill sets before they move on. And it can just be a semester class. But somewhere along the way, I think we need to have a, a stopgap that, you know, shows us that kids have certain technology skills, especially this, you know, at this point in history where we're at with technology. I think that I think that's an important thing that we need to, you know, we need to at some point and say, yes, do you know how to bold, underline, uh, italicize? Do you know how to leave a comment? Do you know how to work a network? Do you understand the, you know, do you understand what a blog, what a wiki is? Can you, you know, like you said, I, I would love to see moving away from HTML pages and start talking about PHP and start talking about CSS because I think that's the way the web's going. And, you know, to try to work some of that in and make sure our kids have some of these basic these basic skills. Uh, you know, I think we still at some point need to teach a little bit of the word processing, but I agree that, you know, a whole semester of it, the kids just pick it up way too fast nowadays, way too fast. Yeah, so. Uh, now, in the middle school and the high school, do you call it a learning hub too or is it still called a library? No, it's still called the library. At ISB, there are basically two libraries. There's the, the ES Learning Hub, and then the middle and high school share a much bigger space kind of right in the center of campus. So they just call that the main library. They don't call it either the middle school or high school because they share it. So it's just called the main library. Well, Chris, the reason why I ask is because Kristen Hawkinson just Twittered, <clears throat> excuse me, and she said, I th uh, she's talking about that whole learning hub concept, and she says, "I think this is what a library is—a learning hub. But what does, but what does that do to the concept of a library? Has it changed the concept of a library, or is it just a new name for a library?" I think we're really trying to change the concept of a library, not getting rid of things but more kind of almost merging and bringing together lots of things that seem to be a natural fit, but maybe aren't always a natural fit. This is not to say that other libraries aren't already doing this. This was just kind of something that I guess ISB saw as an area of potential. And I think also the changing of the name is also trying to help us make a shift to what libraries will be like in, in the future, because I, I definitely don't think the same kind of style the library that someone would teach is going to continue exactly in that same way up until the kids that we're teaching now have kids. So I think kind of the mentality of changing the name and redesigning the space is not only to bring together two areas that are very natural fit, I've talked about them being like peanut butter and jelly in the past, right. um, but also to see this space move into the future 
into something we might not know what it looks like right now, but we know we want these kind of two areas together, and that's technology and the library. Yeah, and I think, uh, Kim, I don't know if you posted the pictures, but if people see the pictures of what the Learning learning Hub looks like, I think that's what you get, is it still has the books and that kind of library look, but you also have, right in the middle of it, you have a gorgeous um, lab. And it's and it's cool, because it's not like the lab is off to one side or it's kind of hidden. I mean, it is right in the middle and part of what the Learning Hub is. So. Yes, I will get those pictures right now and post them in the chat. Okay, so I won't. I won't make you talk anymore. <laughs> right with it. That, yeah, I, I think can't. that was a. <laughs> Go ahead. There, there was a real shift in the thinking that led to the name change. So, in terms of has the name change sort of meant, you know, people are thinking about it differently. I think, in fact, they chose to change the name because they wanted to to bring that thinking around. That already administrators and and different people were starting to think about it in a different way, and they wanted to get that across by saying, "This is not your, you know, this is not your grandma's library anymore." And so we're going to call it something different. Yeah. Now, what about in the high school? At our high school here at SAS, and, and uh, Dave, you're at the high school there, so maybe you can chip, chip, uh, chime in as well. But uh, at our high school, we have a very little integration happening, and uh, you know. High school teachers are a different breed, and it's hard to get into those classrooms and get stuff done. And at the same point, what I'm finding is I think that's where we can make the most amount of change. But I'm having a hard time breaking into those classrooms. But what we do have is we do have um, IB classes, IB tech classes, AP computer science classes. Uh, we've got pub tech that kids can take as an elective. And we're really relying on those to get kids the skills and not doing and not doing a lot of integration. We have a couple of things happening with a couple of different teachers, but by far our most integration is happening in the middle school and the elementary. What's going on at ISB? And then David will let you talk about what's happening over there with you in Taiwan. So Dennis, why don't you go first? Sure. Um, first of all, like like you, we we were up against sort of the teachers who who just feel beholden to external exams and. You know, I got to answer to the IB and my test scores have to be this and I'm not going to take any extra time away from that because there's so much content learning that has to happen. And I've been doing this the same way for 15 years or whatever. So we've got that for sure. But we're slowly sort of making way, making inroads, I guess, into getting some people to realize where, A, the power of the technology is to give students a voice or an audience or a chance to reflect and get feedback. Um, and so sites like Ning's have really sort of popped up, particularly in the English department, as as useful. Um, and then, and then, um, you know, so we're making inroads in that way. Um, I think it's going to make a big difference. I agree with you, Jeff, that this is a place where we can really get in on it because the the kids are using technology so much yeah. that in their personal lives that this is where once we can tackle the the teachers' sort of intimidation of it being intimidated by it, I think you can really make a lot of um, fast change, but it's just getting past that first roadblock, which is the teacher. Um, but next year, being completely dedicated to high school, I really want to get into more team meetings. And, you know, I've established the trust already, which is good. Right. People trust me. And so now it's now that I have the time to dedicate to them, I think I can make some real headway. Yeah. And we've talked about that in the past. And I think it's something I always bring up to people who are trying to integrate technology is that that trust issue is so huge. 
you know, and, and like you said, Dennis, building that trust takes time. And as a technology person that's trying to support teachers and, you know, this is my, my own opinion, but you have one shot. You know, you're going to get one invite in that classroom. And if you can't start building trust w- within that first, that first time you're invited into somebody's classroom, you have a large, uh, obstacle then to try and overcome i mean you really have to when you finally do get that invite you have to do everything in your power to make sure it's a positive one for the teacher do you get that do you get i mean do you feel the same way is that kind of how you're looking at it oh for sure for sure yeah. and and not just not just on the personal level too but if if you get that teacher to even try a tool for the first time and that tool doesn't run smoothly you may have lost that teacher yeah exactly exactly but they 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 don't like to yeah they don't like it when things don't work, for sure. Oh, in front of the kids. Yeah. How about at uh, over in Taiwan, David? Uh, <clears throat> we're such a small school that it's it, there are just no barriers, and because we hire shifted teachers, um, it's just not there are no barriers, and it just naturally happens. So I I think I'll defer on this one, and and if maybe bring it back here to Dennis because. We do run into this stumbling block with high schools, as we've spoken about a few times on the show. So, Dennis, you've given a couple of very practical points. One, you've got to, you've got to build the trust. Two, you've got to get into those meetings. And as you look next year, what would you share with our listeners when it comes to what's, what are the next strategies that you would like to put in place or uh, you, were, you would kind of hope would happen, maybe you don't have control over, that would help you in seamlessly uh, integrating the technology, and, and we know a big part of that is shifting the way the teachers teach, which is just as difficult. What, what kind of strategies um, are you looking at? Well, my, the first strategy will really be kind of following on the, the lead of Justin and Kim in the elementary, is becoming just a regular part of sort of team planning and, and sort of curricular discussion because if we truly are hoping to embed the kind of ideas and the kind of skills that we're talking about, then a true embedding means I have to know their curriculum and know you know, what their outcomes are and the kinds of issues that they talk about when they plan their units as a group. And so if I can be in on that and just be listening, then I can come back with suggestions and, and tech. I mean, basically, if I, I feel if I can't convince you know, good teachers that the tool will be helpful to them and and has other powerful education and learning opportunities for kids. If I can't convince them of that, then I need to go back and make sure because I believe that if they're good teachers, they're going to see that if I do my job. Well, and that's also having that time. Yeah, and that's also making sure we're not using technology just for the sake of using technology. And that goes to, you know, being able to plan with those teachers on that curricular level that when you decide to use a tool, because you are the professional that knows technology and know how these tools work and which tool is going to work best in what situation, that we're using technology with the end in mind, right? There's a purpose why we're using it in this spot. There's a reason why we have an outcome to hit, and it's going to enhance the learning process for kids. And I think that's something, you know, we need to remember is that we, we can't just use technology just for the sake of u- using technology. And too many times I still have teachers that come to me and they're like, oh, well, I know I'm supposed to be using technology. Let's use technology. And it's that whole, you know, that's just, I cringe because <laughs> I don't want to do that. You know, you want it to be on that level where it's actually going to affect learning. And, uh, and that, and I that's, think that's, that's, 
Sorry, Jeff. Go ahead. Go on. No, I think that that I mean you hit the nail on the head. And I think that's largely where the framework for our curriculum has come from. From this idea that if our questions, essential questions, and enduring understandings can run alongside those curricular ones, and then it's a lot easier for that conversation and that convincing to happen. Um, because if we're asking teachers to plan um, and with an understanding by design model and framework, then that's the same way we should be approaching the way we embed technology. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah David, actually, well, you that's... wrote recently in one of your posts that the learning determines the technology, not the other way around. And I thought, yep, that's it. That's exactly what we're going to be talking about today is that it's that learning that determines what you use. Um, and then I always ask teachers from the beginning, I ask them, what is it you want to do? Let's hear all your ideas. What do you want kids to get out of it? Then let's talk about what tools might make that work. I never exactly. come in and say, hey, we should use this tool. Right. And at the same time, I'll have teachers come to me that say, oh, I want a blog. And I'll say, okay, that's fine. But is the blog the right tool for what you want to do? Let's talk about what you want to do. And then we'll decide if a blog is what you're really going to do. And nine times out of ten, it usually isn't the right tool. You know, We'll get done talking through the process and say, well, actually, what you really want is a wiki. Or what you really want is a voice thread or a Ning site. Or you know, there's something else here that you really want. Blogs, just what they've heard. It's what they think they want or what they think they know. And isn't always the right tool. And, and it's great that, especially international schools, that we have all of us sitting in our international schools that can sit here and say, no, you know, we have that ability and we are all, you know, pretty Web 2.0. Um, we are all pretty much Web 2.0 sophisticated. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Literate? Anyway. Yeah, literate. Thank you. <laughs> literate that we can help teachers with that and I think that's a I think that's a good thing and I think that's a, a huge bonus for international schools by far well, and speaking of literacy uh, maybe Kim would bring this back to Kim if you could share with uh, the audience this new literacy uh, curriculum that you all have been uh, going to conferences and talking about you've got a wiki up um, maybe if you could give us some background on that and we'll need to get that uh, site up in our show notes I don't know if I'm the right person to talk about the New Literacy Wiki that Justin and Jen's um, project from last year. Uh, mm -hmm. I might be fitting about that. It's, um, well, you know what? I think Kim would be largely the, the best person to talk about ISB 21 as the new uh, kind of direction we're taking as she's come on board because she's been a huge uh, or has made a huge impact on that but I think what you're referring to is something that Dennis and I started uh, last year okay. which was which has then blossomed and, and, and now has kind of um, changed and evolved as more people have got on board but essentially we asked ourselves last year um, a question which was how does an information and technology curriculum stay relevant and meaningful in the 21st century and the, and if someone can put the new literacy uh, Wikispaces uh, link up um, in the chat, because I don't have uh, access, but um, essentially we we put this together as um, as, a, as a team, as to get our ideas down about you know what if ever we're asking everyone to plan 
with essential questions and enduring understandings. We know that to be true and the best practice. And we've seen scope and sequence documents fail in the past when it's just been this itemized. In grade one, you'll do this. In grade two, you'll do this. And you'll be able to do this by this. And then those programs change. And suddenly, everything's out of date. And that scope and sequence has to be redone. Well, what if we threw all that out the window and just said, OK, what are the major questions that we want kids to learn? What are the big things, the big themes? And questions like, um, how you know, can we be safe? Um, um, how do you communicate effectively? How do you know information is true? What does it mean to be a global citizen? Those are some big things that are timeless. And if we can frame our lens through that, then when the tools change, it doesn't matter. We'll be, we'll yeah. be fine. Um, and I think, and Dennis, you can continue, but I think that's what led this discussion to kind of start. And then as we got more people on board like Kim, it grew into what is currently our um, our you know project in in motion, which is the ISB twenty one site. But Dennis, I'll let you uh, continue. Yeah, I, I think I think I mean everything that Justin said is is exactly what guided our thinking. The only other sort of contributing factor too was knowing at how those those skills scope and sequences had died. Part of the reason was because teachers in the classroom just felt they were they were inaccessible and that they were someone else's job that. That the computer teaching was the job of the computer teacher. And what we wanted to bring that conversation back around to is that actually you talk, teachers, you talk about truth and safety and communication all the time with your kids. And sometimes that conversation includes technology. And sometimes it's just about how you're safe and how you behave responsibly, responsibly with other people. And that includes both online and, and offline behavior. And so we wanted to create a curriculum that also was accessible and believable for teachers that actually this is my job and it's something I can do and already do to some degree. And if I have trouble with the tech side, well, that's where my support will come. That's great. Mm-hmm. No, I love it. You know, it's, it's very much 20th century thinking, and that's what I love about it. You know, you guys are really starting to put the documents around what we're always talking about. And uh, I think that's really what's going to propel ISB uh, into the future. And uh, I look forward to coming down there. I mean, this is so exciting talking to you guys. It's gonna, we're gonna have such a blast. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's. I'm just sitting here shaking my head, going, "This is going to be incredible." You know, it, it really is going to be. It's going. Well, to be I mean, the the next step for us, uh, you know, getting just getting that critical mass of of people on the right page, and having Kim on board, and now starting to bring in our. Um, our librarians, our curriculum coordinators, our our admin. We've basically taken the last year and just been inviting them to meetings, forcing meetings, forcing discussions to really get this this message and build understanding across the board and across the school to really basically say this is the way. Um, and that has taken some time, you know. And so in the background, Kim, Dennis, myself, everyone else has been building this document. So once we're we're ready, or when that understanding is built, I guess it's ongoing. Um, it'll be ready and waiting, you know. Um, and it'll be there for them. So this, uh, and Kim can maybe speak uh, next, which would be about ISB twenty one and, and the three circles and um, and three areas of this uh, this curriculum. So um, I guess we took all the work that Justin and Dennis um, did last year and we kind 
came together um, with our librarians and our curriculum coordinator and our admin, and we kind of looked at how um, how can we make this most accessible for teachers and uh, focus it in on what we think is really critical in the 21st century. So we've developed kind of three, I like to think of them as like Olympic style rings. They're intertwined <laughs> rings, um, and they are up to learner. They're effective learners, they're effective um, collaborators, and they're effective creators. And so we've kind of taken those ideas and developed our own essential understandings, um, enduring understandings and essential questions for each phase of our 21st century learner. And that wiki that we shared a few minutes ago, iih1.wikispaces.com, has basically all of the thinking that we've done to kind of push that further to fill in rubric and um, questioning strategies the resource and the different roles of each individual in this process. Like, what does the 21st century literacy specialist do? What does the technology learning coordinator do? What does the teacher do? And um, how does this process work together when planning curriculum? How do we do that? How do we sit down and go from Iowa blog to know what you've done is, you know, collaborative knowledge building through a wiki, demonstrate what kids have learned about oceans or whatever. Yeah. Um, how do we do that at ISB? And basically, it's all documented on this one wiki that all initiated last year, and we're just continuing to involve more people so that we get as much buy-in as possible, and so that it's something um, we can really just kind of share with the teachers once once they're ready, just like Justin was talking about a minute ago. Now, do you guys have technology standards or is that basically what you're building? You're kind of building those in. Have you guys adopted the nets for students, or are, are any way have technology standards that way? You know what? That, that's a really good question. Like Go ahead, Ken. Go ahead, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I was going to say is, we found, and we all agree that the nets are so overwhelming in the sense that they. And even, you know, the a, um, ALA standards, you know, they're, they're huge. And there are, there are passionate people behind those those programs and frameworks, and so they do a great job. You could run a whole school through the net standards, and kids would come out the other end and do really well. But yes. given the, our school and the way, the way we plan and what our focus is, which is, you know, this kind of understanding by design, you know, framework and, and you know, IB and, and so on, what our – teachers are used to is planning in a certain way. So we needed something that wasn't so massive. We need to be able to translate the nets and break them down into really simple, all-encompassing questions. At the end of those questions are the nets. If you drill down, drill down, drill down, you'll find the nets. But it's those big questions that aren't so intimidating, like a, a book, like that nets book used to be. You're like, geez, I have to do this? What? Right, you know, yeah. 1.2, 1.3, 1.4. So, so what we're basically doing is creating a really easy-to-use framework that at the top level, if, if you could basically walk out of your class going, my kids know how to be safe online, they know how to find truth in the information they're managing and they know how to manage information then I've done my job at whatever grade then you can feel confident and as you build your skill set you learn a bit more you ask for more help suddenly you drill down and then you realize hey I've been doing this all along um, but we wanted to make it easy and accessible and not intimidating at the beginning yeah and I think that's so good you guys really are doing good stuff there definitely alright is there anything else anybody want to talk about tonight 
I mean, I think this is a good this is a good place I think to to kind of leave it because next week we're going to actually be talking that exact that exact question. I mean, next next week our essential question is your standards or mine, and we're going to be talking about technology standards and the nets and you know where schools are and what schools do. And uh, our, we're gonna have a special. Our guest will be Chris O'Neill, who's gonna come in and talk about that with us. And you know, I've blogged a lot about that. I have a real problem with standards and technology, and I'm just not seeing it. I mean, if, if it's going to be a tool, if it's going to be integrated, why do we need our own standards for it? And I'm I'm personally still struggling with that as well. Uh, so, David, do you would do you kind of want to talk about uh, what's on for uh, May 29th? Or we might have to move that date because that's actually my anniversary. So I just realized <laughs> yeah, that yeah. we might need to move that. You, you better not let me know quickly. <laughs> yeah, but whatever <coughs> our next jump, one is. Let's do a quick. Yeah, let's do a blog post of the week, and uh, I think we can wrap it up after that. And then, and you know, just looking out at next year, I'm putting the list together of people we're going to bring back in here, and we'll continually get this crew back in and go even deeper. I, I'm I'm really enjoying. This late, your latest site there, the, the wiki, the ISB 21, um, uh, just looking at the whole idea of effective learner, we take it for granted, but what are the skills that these kids have to have to be a, a learner in today's world? So besides just the other areas of being safe online and what else you're talking about. So why don't we jump into blog post of the week, and I'll go first. Right. Uh, I, I just found a, 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 n- a nice little post, uh, the blog is called Transliteracy, the Digital Hub, and I just like the <coughs> metaphor uh, of the writer who talked about tech integration and, and the different ways that you can prepare a cupcake. You can go and start from scratch. You can uh, uh, get buy the powder uh, in a box, or you can go to a, a place and get it right off the shelf at the bakery, and that was his metaphor for the way that we can integrate uh, technology. There are a lot of different ways that we we can do it, uh, and uh, I just thought it was it was a nice way of, of describing how we do our jobs. So why don't we jump over to uh, Justin? Do you have a blog post of the week, or a book, or a podcast, or something you'd like to share? Yeah, I'd like to share uh, a post that Dennis wrote uh, entitled "Why Do Schools Need Art." And it's just, it's, it's a great post. I, you know, there's all different kinds of posts. People create new information. I like, sometimes I really like the people who synthesize it and break it down. Um, and his post is about, um, the conventional wisdom that is in schools of why art is in the curriculum and how it's been challenged by some people at Project Zero and, um, and the, some of the reasons why we should teach art in school aren't the reasons that we think they are and uh, it's a great post I encourage everyone to read it Good. Uh, Kim do you want to go ahead and go next do you have something to share sure I've been doing lots of reading as part of the comment challenge I'll just put my little plug in there for our current activity um, and one of the nice. things that I was just <laughs> reading was um, something from I think it's I don't actually even know who the author is, but it's Educational Origami, and clearly this blog is like a, a big blog that I just somehow missed, and um, I've gotten in, yes. in touch with it now, and it's posted about 21st century teachers, and he's got lots of different characteristics about what makes the 21st century teacher, because his perception is that we've been thinking a lot about the learner, what is the teacher side of things, and I just 
I like his characteristics, but I also like the conversation that's gone on um, in the comments and, and some discussion that's happened about, you know, aren't our 21st century teachers also 21st century learners? And, and when we think about our teachers, if we're thinking about them as different from our learners, what does that mean? And it's just been a very interesting dialogue, and I will put that in the chat right now for you. Great. And why don't you go ahead and just give us a plug for your uh, comment challenge. Let us know. Kind of tell us what's going on. It's free to plug. I'm not going to charge you. Sure. <laughs> All right. Well, um, Sue Waters and I were talking about kind of the importance of, of, of commenting and how that's really kind of almost the blogging, to have those conversations, to push your thinking, and to really engage in what you're reading. Because um, I find that I often will star things, but I will never go back to comment, or I'll open a ton of tabs. But then I have to do something else, and I, I just don't comment on anything. And um, she had participated in the uh, blog, 31 Days with a Better Blog cha uh, Challenge, uh, organized by Michelle Martin. And so the three, um, Sylvia of Languages Blog, have started a challenge beginning on May 1st. So we're already, how many, 15 days in? Nice. And basically the, the challenge is to become a better blog citizen through more time. It's a lot of fun. I'm I'm um, reading a lot more blogs than I than I used to read. Getting lots of new input and um, actually engaging in real conversations. It's fabulous. Good. Kim is on fire right now. I'll tell you. Yeah, <laughs> she is on fire. <laughs> She's doing great mm -hmm. stuff for sure. Uh, Dennis, do you have a blog post or book or something you want to recommend? Sure, sure. Um, well, actually, um, if I can squeeze in, I have a more recent one that I'll talk about, but. Um, I think one post that if I think most people listening to this probably already know it, but a while back now, Kim wrote a post about, you know, just the tool, the technology tool and what it's good for. Kim, what was that post again? You know, like it was about the different tools. The technology and what they're useful toolbox. Yeah, the technology toolbox. I just think, like, that's just a mainstay. Like, I mean, I have another post I'm going to share, but that's just a mainstay. And if anyone's listening and doesn't know that, that's a great one to show your teachers who want to adopt but don't know what to use for what. Um, that's just a great one. Um, but the one I wanted to share is, and I'm just going to put it in the chat now, is actually a Wes Fryer run recently. Um, and it's it's our librarians are coming on board at our school and some other schools, some of the librarians are the leaders and at other schools they're, you know, still not yet on board, but it's about a, a presentation he did. Um, and they just took notes on internet safety issues and what librarians can do. Cause often librarians feel sort of out of that conversation. They're in the, the information literacy conversation, but not so much in the cyber safety one. And I just thought it was a great post for reminding librarians and I've shared it with our librarians about just, you know, hey, there's stuff that you guys can do and, and ways that you can embed it into what you do as well. And it was kind of a brainstorming session, but I just thought it was good to bring librarians in on that. Excellent, excellent. Well, I'll, uh, I'll finish up the session with two that I would like to talk about. And uh, the first one is from the Connectivism blog, George Siemens, who wrote a great post called uh, Pedagogy First Whatever, where he talks about that whenever we start talking about technology, somebody always brings up the face, we've got to start with pedagogy. And it's a really – and if you, if you read George Siemens, every time I read him, my brain hurts because he's so deep and he's so intellectual and I just love the way he writes. And so he goes really deep, and it's it's great stuff. Go and read it. But he talks about why does pedagogy have to be first when we're talking about technology. Technology's new. Maybe we need a new pedagogy. And from there, I'll go ahead and plug uh, 
uh, Andy Torres, who's our deputy superintendent, who's been writing a lot uh, on his blog lately. And he takes a look at that post, uh, and he says, tech before pedagogy. And he takes a look at, at George Seaman's post and then kind of breaks it down for himself as an administrator. And, and his it's great because his blog is called uh, sediments on common sense. And so throughout his blog post, he talks about what does common sense tell us and where do we need to go? And so it, it's an interesting look from an administrator who read this post and looking at how does pedagogy and technology fit together. So it's, it's a great read. Uh, feel free to go there and, and have a look. And with that, David, why don't you go ahead and sign it, get us ready for whenever we're going to be back. Yes, that's when when we will be back sometime <laughs> in the next two weeks. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we'll get a, we'll get a hold of Chris uh, in Charlottesville there and uh, let see what we can work out with his schedule as well. But I went to grad school with Chris, and he's a real leader in uh, learning and technology, a consultant and a, a blogger for Edutopia, and just a, a great guy. And so I'm really excited to have the chance to bring him, to have him come on the show and share with us on. Uh, the, the topic of your standards or mine is, as Jeff pointed out, something very close and dear to his heart and, and looking forward to having a good discussion that, there. So we'll get that date up on the show notes once we figure it out, and we'll, Jeff will wish you a happy anniversary a couple weeks ahead of time. Oh, thanks. And thank you. Yeah, and thank you, uh, uh, ISB crew, uh, Dennis, Kim, and Justin for, for coming out and sharing so much great work that you've done and been sharing with a larger community. It's very appreciated. Our pleasure. Oh, thanks. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, having for having us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, and Thank I look you. forward to meeting you guys all next year. So we're going to have a we're gonna have a good time down there. So, All right, well, that's going to wrap up. This is Episode 11 of Shifting Our Schools podcast. Until next time, keep shifting those schools. Nice. Nice. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Have a wonderful, warm night. I know. It won't be long. Hey, uh, Jeff, you want to buy a water (laughs) cooler? Can't believe it. So things things are going well. How are things for you? Good, yeah. The weather—I mean, it's always hot and sticky, and uh, it's uh, hot and sticky. <laughs> so I went for a little yes. run today, and uh, yeah, we got a nice sunset brewing. So um, yeah, can't complain. I always like it when you can't complain. That's always a good thing. Yeah. Uh, oh, somebody's got a baby. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> That's on my end. I love it. <laughs> We're a family show. Yeah, exactly. It's all good. It's good. Justin, I just have to say how crazy it is that I'm Skyping with you and I'm not down the hall anymore. I know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, this is what I love. All three of you are from Bangkok and three different locations Skyping in. I like it. Exactly. So, yeah, that's great. <laughs> Okay, I think we're about ready to get started. Everything looks good on my head. Julia Lindsay's in the chat room from Cutter. Good to see her in there tonight. We got a great episode tonight, and I'm excited that you guys could join us. So, if everybody's set, we'll get started. You ready to go? Yep. Yeah. Let's go. All right, here we go.